0: What is up people? You are listening into New Generation Sports Talk. I am your host EJ Stewart. We have a great show lined up for you guys today because it will be a NFL draft preview show. We will be talking about all the biggest storylines heading into Thursday's uh, day 1 of the draft. Of course, the draft being a 3-day event, there'll be plenty of storylines, plenty of discussion on uh what's going to be happening throughout these days so we'll uh, give you a little preview on this episode of new generation sports talk again thank you guys for joining us to know it's been a little bit of a minute since we've been on here a lot of busy stuff a lot of moving and shaking going on for all three of our careers which is really awesome so uh, we're going to try to make sure we get back on track with sports talk so want to make sure we do our nfl preview i know the nba playoffs have been going on kendall and i will soon be on here again you guys our thoughts on the playoffs. you know me being a Knicks fan, you know him being a Celtics fan. Very happy with how the first round has gone so far. Both of those teams, as we the time we record here on a Tuesday evening, up three one their series. The uh, Celtics, as we record, are um, getting ready to probably uh, knock out the Hawks in five games that they play on this Tuesday evening. So we'll give you guys um, a, a playoff discussion episode very soon. So make sure you keep it locked here. But we do want to talk football because it is uh, the uh, NFL draft and. Maybe the biggest trade in the NFL in a really long time. Maybe since I guess well, Tom Brady wasn't even traded. I don't even know when the last time there was a trade this big. But Aaron Rodgers is no longer a New York, or rather a Green Bay Packer. He is now a New York Jet, and this is the right episode to listen to in regards to the Aaron Rodgers trade because you got me, the Jets fan, and you have our co-host today, Shamari Stewart, the Packers fan. So this will be a very interesting conversation, Sham. We have, I love these shows, whether I do it with Kendall or I do it with you, when we have not really discussed what happened. I think that leads our conversation to be the most natural, the most raw, the most unpredictable, and I think the most, like, I guess, relatable for the listener. So I'm really excited for the listener. If you're a Packer fan, you'll have Shamari's, you know, take and you'll have maybe him representing you. If you're a Jets fan, you'll have my take and me representing you. So I'm sure there'll be Packers fans, Jets fans who disagree with how we think of what by the whole this went down. So Shamari is the co-host for today. Sham, how you feeling? I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling good, EJ.
1: I am feeling good, uh, which may sound weird as it's coming from a Packers fan. Of course, we just lost Aaron Rodgers, but I'm, I'm feeling good and I echo all your sentiments, man. I, I was thinking, um, you know, because I, I, I've been trying to get your take on it. Or I've been yeah. thinking about, like, oh, I got wonder what EJ got. I got to get EJ's take, but this is a perfect opportunity. Um, You know, but, um, but yeah, man, feeling good and, you know, looking forward to jumping right into, into our topics today.
0: And I realized, that the reason why we, we haven't been able to really have a big conversation on this is in part because, like, I you know, I've been doing the Knicks podcast with WFN mm-hmm. and Odyssey Sports. That's Orange or Blue Blood. That's hosted with, by myself. And uh, Tommy Beer, NBA writer, overall awesome dude. Um, shout out to my guy, Tommy. So so I, I literally was doing the podcast when the trade happened. And then the trade happened, and then I had to continue the rest of my evening. And I didn't get a chance to even call Sham and talk to him. So this is going to be a very fun episode. So let's get right into it, because this was massive news. It, surprisingly, even though it felt like this trade was inevitable, I think it still kind of shocked people when it actually happened. So the trade that's been months in the making is all but official. Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet. You know, I know he has to pass a physical, but that is the last step here. This trade will happen. The Packers agreed to trade Aaron Rodgers to New York in exchange for swapping the 15 and 13 overall picks in this this week's draft. So that means that the Packers will not select 13. The Jets will not select 15. Packers also got a second round pick in this year's draft um and a sixth round pick in this year's draft the Packers also got a conditional second round pick in next year's draft which this is probably the most interesting part of this equation because it is conditional along the lines of if Aaron Rodgers plays 65 percent of the Jets offensive snaps next season that second round pick turns into a first round pick so it is a conditional second rounder but if Aaron Rodgers is healthy Aaron Rodgers plays most of the season you assume if that happens, you assume the Jets play well, but I guess we'll have that discussion here. The, then that, that pick will be a first-round pick for the Green Bay Packers next season. Uh, the Jets also will get a fifth-rounder from the Packers in this year's draft as part of this deal. I think that that's where the, the swapping of the sixth and fifth-round picks come in for the price of moving up a couple of spots. So that is how this trade broke out. I'll ask Sham first because I think it's interesting to maybe start this way. Though you are a Packer fan, I want you I want your thoughts on the Jets as an outsider, because people will get my Homer potential my potential Homer take on this. But you as a Packer fan, where do the Jets stand now with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback? You've watched Aaron Rodgers as closely as anybody, um, you and, and other Packers fans who've watched them over these last few years. You watched last season, a season that I think many people would say was a down year for Aaron. Where does this leave the Jets now they've added this quarterback um in Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Jets are in a great
1: spot right now. Um, I mean, the Packers, it's interesting because the Packers have had, we've always had a lot of talent, Mm -hmm. um, but our talent has always been very top-heavy in in the sense, or at least lately particularly, in the sense that we have a few elite players, and then a lot of other guys are kind of middling, um, kind of like, you know, Kind of average, for the most part. Um, whereas, I feel like you guys are a little more balanced. And you're a lot younger. Mm-hmm. In terms of you guys are, like, really young. Like, a lot of first, second year guys. Or guys that are really just starting to emerge. Right. Like, now. And you have Rodgers, who is, you know, still performing at an elite MVP level. Um, even though last year was kind of a down down year. But I, I think I just don't think the team was as good either. Uh, of course no Devontae Adams. Um, clearly and that's gonna have a big impact. But I think you guys are in a really good spot. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be watching a lot of Jets this season. Um mm-hmm. I think it'll be I think it'll be something to see. <laughs> you know?
0: Um, you know, it's gonna be gonna be very honestly she- the, uh the guy who does the yep the, the prime time scheduling. Or at least somebody in the mm-hmm. NFL offices who is has a say in that. I don't know if he does it. But he was saying that the Jets could have up to six primetime games this season now that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the fold. Wow. Which is insane to me. But that, that is apparently long on long the table. Game. That's, uh, what is that, like a little less than half? They play 17 games? It's like well, more than yeah. a third of their games potentially on national television, which is wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so,
1: Yeah. I mean, it's. I think the Jets are in a good spot. They're in a really good spot. But um, one thing about them being young also is that Aaron is very. Um, he could be very, uh, I guess, strict, ego-driven, whatever, whatever kind of combination a combination of those things. Temperamental in terms of de- temperamental in terms of yeah. demanding a lot from his supporting cast, so to speak. So, you know. These are a lot of young guys, a lot of very confident young guys. And it's like, how long are they going to be like, I'm tired of this guy?
0: So (laughs) that's another thing I'm going to be watching. Mm. Because that that has definitely been the impression that, that we've seen from Packer Nation is, all right, Aaron was great, but we've had enough of the other stuff that come with Aaron. The weird interviews, the weird takes on society. Um, Quite frankly, uh, the lack of performance in the postseason or in big games. All of the good that comes with him comes with all that other stuff that it seems like Packer Nation kind of got sick of. So if some of that stuff, or maybe when, I think some of that stuff is inevitable probably, permeates to Jets land. How do the Jets players and the coaches, how how do they Adjust to that, and I guess how do the Jets fans and New York media adjust to that? I think that that will be a very interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I,
1: I, it's really hard to predict. I mean, I've I've you know been listening to you know New York radio and um, and of course EJ. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about this a ton as well. Um, and I've heard, I just heard you talk about it. <laughs> of course, just yeah. before, and it's gonna be. Um it'll be interesting to see I don't know um part of me just thinks Rodgers is going to get sick of New York like quickly <laughs> if if he doesn't win that yeah. he's just going to get sick of it he's be like oh, I'm sick of this and he, he's just going to retire you know I I've, I feel like that's I feel like there's a pretty high percentage chance that 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 is what happens if the Jets don't
0: like go deep in the playoffs that that's that's probably what's gonna happen. That is I think the when does the honeymoon end for Rodgers thing, I think is arguably one of the most important aspects of whether or not the Jets will succeed. Because I think you're right. Like the rubber's gonna hit the road and eventually I agree, I totally agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be over all of this. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is particularly excited about well, I don't know. I'll take that back. I think there is a part of him. He's one of those dudes, kind of like Kyrie Irving, where he kind of likes to show that he's smarter than everybody and knows everything and can handle anything. So there's a part of me that I think that he, I actually think he thinks that he can like, oh, come in and do his Aaron Rodgers crap and the bad stuff I'm talking about. And it will fly in New York. And like, if these people don't understand, like, you know, I'll be there and I'll be just fine. I don't think he knows what he, I don't, I think there's a part of him that doesn't know what he's getting himself into, but I also think there is a part of him that, that is thinking that it won't be as bad as he thinks. And I think that's where I say, yeah, that stuff is going to get old really fast. I think it's going to be really important for the Jets to get off to, I think, a good start next season. And We know the opponents that will be playing, but we don't know, the obviously, the schedule and how the games will be squared away. The Jets are in line to have a very difficult schedule, most likely, because they're playing against the AFC West. And the NFC East in terms of their non-divisional games. That leaves a couple games, random games out there. Uh, they'll be playing a third-place schedule, so they should get some winnable games in those last two or three games that are kind of like flex kind of games that could be random teams. But that that is that is going to be daunting. I mean, you're talking about playing the Chiefs, perhaps argue. I I, I can pull up the schedule once I because I toss it back to you, Shan, But like. Um, Get the Chiefs, if that's an arrowhead, you know that's a difficult place to play. Got the Chargers, we know how talented that team is, though we know that they can also choke away games. And then the NFC East, um, and then by the way, I was I kind of was going to ignore Denver, but they did just you know sign Sean Payton, so maybe they're a different team. And then you go to the NFC East, I, I think that the, the Eagles are a juggernaut. I still think they're going to be a great team, even though they lost Miles Sanders. I know the Cowboys are going to be a really good team still. I don't know what the Giants are. I don't know what the Commandos are. But I'm not going to jump sit here today and say that, oh, those teams are, you know, food. Like, I, I don't know that. They could be, but I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that today. I'd have to really kind of parse through how I think this season's going to go before I just say that shooting from the hip. So, I think the Jets need to get off to a good start. If they start, like, 3-3 three and three or, like, 2-4, and four, like... I don't know if he can, like, weather, like, that storm of, like, what the hell's going on with the Jets. Like, Tom Brady's first year in Tampa, if I remember correctly, like, didn't they get, like, blown out early season? Or, like, they played the Saints and they, they looked terrible. Like, it wasn't necessarily great, but it was Tampa. Like, like it, it was kind of like there there was this idea of, like, hey, like, you know, they weren't going to be all over him. And I think that there was kind of a – because it's the Bucs and because they a two bowl – organization they've won before a, a good organization which is kind of crazy to say if you grew up in the 80s but that's kind of how me and you champ have lived the bucks being a good organization there was a feeling that oh, they'll figure it yes. out they didn't start off great but they'll, they'll figure this out and they did with the jets is totally different like the jets are not going to have that benefit of the doubt if they start off two and four or three and three. Three and three is not even that like bad but like there will be like oh this thing's a boss and aaron Rodgers is a boss and i don't know if he handles that well like, I don't know if he handles that situation well. I mean, when that's happened in Green Bay, I feel like while he's facing some he's faced some arrows, I feel like that Green Bay media really kind of liked him and adored him and were kind of in awe of him. So I don't think he really got challenged the way he'll be challenged in New York. So I think one of the crucial things for the Jets success will be they have to get off to a good start. I don't know if you're muted, Shane. You might be muted. Oh, can you hear? Me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Um, so I agree with you, EJ.
1: Now, one thing I I would like to ask on your end. Yeah. As a Jets fan, are you getting are, have you gotten or are you getting any flashbacks to the Brett Favre
0: trade?
1: Cuz I know I'm getting
0: flashbacks to the Brett Favre trade. Yeah.
1: But are you getting any flashbacks to the Brett Favre exchange and what is your what is your what are your thoughts on that?
0: That's crazy that the Jets and Packers are in this literally the same position, like, you know, like yeah, you know, 14, 15 years later, like where, this, you know, the same yeah. teams both have one has a whole thing quarterback that's been uh, disillusioned by his time with the team um, that he thought he could come back to the that teams that not we're going young. It, it's very strange how this whole thing has played out. I guess the only difference is that, like, it, the, there, there are a couple of differences. One, what a lot of people forget is that Brett Favre did not want to go to the Jets. Brett Farr from the beginning to the mm. Vikings, and the Jets had to basically beg and convince him to play for them. There was a whole deal about, you know, Brett kind of not understanding how, like, New Jersey worked. Like, he, he thought that he'd be living, like, in Times Square. They kind of had to, and, you know, he's a Mississippi guy. So, uh, so it's right. all like, they had to explain to him, hey, like, you can find a place in Mississippi that looks just, excuse me, in New Jersey that looks just like Mississippi. Like, if you know New Jersey and where the Jets facility is, like... <laughs> You could find your backwoods. You could find all that stuff and all that kind of lifestyle. You could still live hunting, all that. You could live in New Jersey and do all that. So they had to do a lot of convincing to get him to come to Minnesota. Uh, excuse me, come to New York. And I don't know how – well, there's been conversations that he wasn't as dedicated as he needed to be. He came in super late, um, and he, he he wasn't as dedicated. He was still really good, which is why the Jets started that season so well. And that's the other misnomer people forget. Yes, it was a disaster in part because he was a jackass off the field, but he played really well for 11 weeks. Then he ruptured his tricep in like a dope. Instead of taking some time off or figuring something out, like he just played through it. And then, like, the rest of the season was a disaster. He was throwing picks left and right because he tried to play through a ruptured tricep instead of trying to rest or maybe, you know, come back for the playoffs. Like, he, he ruined the Jets' season, but he played really well. So. The Aaron Rodgers thing is interesting in terms of the comparison to it because here Aaron it appears a wanted to go to the Jets, so that's a good sign. and b, it sounds like Aaron is super motivated to show that he still got it, which Ooh. Brett was motivated, but he wanted to show it in Minnesota. he wanted he like they, both these guys want to stick to the Packers, but like it was important to Brett to stay in that division and stick it to the Packers. I think once he went to New York, I think he kind of lost a little bit of any edge he had. I think he was like, well, and I'm still playing in the NFL, and I don't really want to be on this team, but I can still play, and the Jets had a good team. Like, next year, they went to the AFC Championship game. So, uh, so he was still able to do some things, but, like, you know, character issues kind of ended up ruining his season and ruining that team. With Brett, which I mean with Aaron, he apparently, like, this was the team he wanted to go to. When other teams came in and say, "Hey, what about us?" He, he was like, "Nah, I'm not playing for y'all. Like, I'll retire." Like, so that that would give me hope that this could end better than Brett, because this is something he really wants. I can't control whether or not he gets injured or not. That's of course, uh, you know, something that you guys was dealt with. Whether he's had broken thumbs and things, he's had to play through, and that does worry me a little bit. Like, I think he's been a little more banged up than people kind of understand when you look at his seasons the last few years. A lot of injuries, he's just played through. It's not necessarily that he's missed games. Um, but then when he plays through them, he talks as if these are the reasons why he struggled in some of these big moments. So I don't want to poo-poo that, well, he just plays through it. It's like, well, if you're going to talk about it, then I'm going to assume that it was a factor in some of these reasons why you guys didn't get it done in Green Bay. So I think there are some comparisons, but I think there are some important differences that I think benefit the Jets.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that down. There are definitely um yeah there are definitely some differences i i do agree that aaron is is um he's very motivated and i think you could you can make the case he's kind of still peaking sort of like he's still playing at at an elite level i was gonna ask you about that like like, like, you do do you think
0: that where does aaron in your eyes because you watched him play every game last season like where does he still rank like like i'm not saying like oh like Pierce it down to like the number, but like, is he top five to you? Is he top ten? Like, what kind of quarterback is Aaron Rodgers in terms of caliber in your eyes? Um, in terms
1: of, uh I mean, I think he, you know, I, I think he's definitely still top five.
0: Wow. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. if I think he's top five. And I, That doesn't make me not want him, but like, and now I'm kind of not piercing through these guys, but I'm like, okay. I, I think I know Mahomes is better. That's obvious. I love Jalen Hurts. Like I, I think I think Jalen Hurts might be better than him, but that may be a, a you know a hot take. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen. I think Burrow is better than him. And I think the see he might be you're right. He might be top five because when I start saying I think, then I think well, if I right. if I'm saying I think, I don't know. Uh, there are yes, two guys where I would say I would take those guys over him tomorrow. And that's the two guys that are playing in the Super Bowl. And probably Burrow. I, I think I can tell you Burrow. I don't know if I can tell you anybody else. Like, I can, I, I don't know if I can tell you for sure that Josh Allen is better than him. Because I, I watched Josh Allen. That's one of the reasons that I'm excited about this Jet team as well. Is because I watched Josh Allen play the Jets twice. He looked really mortal against that Jets defense. And the Jets beat him one time with Zach Wilson starting. Like, I, so Josh Allen's a great talent. But... I don't know if I don't know if you traded Josh Allen to the to the Packers and and vice versa. I don't know if there'd be much of a difference. Like I, I think that the Bills would still be probably as good as they were. I don't think they'd be worse. I don't know if the Packers would be better. I, like if they if they traded Josh if Josh Allen was their starting quarterback next year, last year, I don't know if they would be better based on how Josh Allen played last year. Two years ago, I would say they would have been better. But Josh Allen threw a lot of interceptions, he was sloppy with the ball. Like I'm not missing guys. I'm trying to think of like on top of my head. I mean, I'm not even talking about Zach Prescott. Get that out of here. Um, I I know there's there's
1: also, uh, I mean, just going through, you have uh, Lamar,
0: like you said, Herbert. Yeah, I like Lamar. I think Lamar Lamar is better than him, too. But, again, I'm saying I think. Like, these are kind of questions. And I've already only gave you three guys I would definitely say I would take over. him. I mean, I've watched more of Rodgers than all those
1: guys. So, I mean, I'm biased. But he's as accurate as ever. He's all the, all the issues are all the issues all if 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 you have any issues are mental. It's not anything to do with his arm talent, his decision making. Like none of that is a problem. None of that is a problem. He's accurate, precise, great arm, makes good decisions. All of it is either mental or just interpersonal in terms of him not knowing how to talk to his young receivers right or just not knowing how to communicate well in terms of like in terms of like a team building a team building you know more uh you know kind of uh you know aspect but but in terms of talent i mean he's not missing anything so that's yeah. why I'm, to me
0: he's definitely top five i hear you there i think one of the things that we mentioned that i, I i'm going to push back on um is and not necessarily that you're saying i'm just saying it's a Is a theme that I think everybody's saying. I don't think Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets puts the Jets in terms of, in terms of, I think the Jets are trying to win Super Bowl, but I always think you are what your fans expect, in my opinion, coming into a season. Like, to me, like, regardless of what your expectations are, if the fans are expecting this, then that's what your expectations need to be. I don't know if I can say the Jets are a Super bowl bust team. Not necessarily because that shouldn't be their reality, given how old Aaron is. But I think when you think of this particular franchise, you have the longest drought among all major American sports when it comes to postseason appearances, you know, none since 2011. Um, Like, I don't, if the Jets make the playoffs next season, they have a really good season. Like, if they squeak it at nine and eight, that's a little different. Like, I don't think anybody thinks that. I'm not talking about that. If they win the division or they win a wild card, win like 11 games. I just I don't think that Jets fans be walking around and they lose in the second round or lose a, you know, again, if you get blown out in the first round. I, I, take away all the, the borderline disaster scenarios where the Jets make the playoffs. Anything that's not a Super Bowl, I think that Jets fans will be fine. Like, I don't think people understand just how miserable Jet football has been <laughs> since those AFC Super Bowl, AFC Championship runs. Like, they've been all basically unwatchable after October Almost every season, like they had last season where they were really good and they, they collapsed, they lost the last like six games of the season, and then they had the one year where Ryan Fitzpatrick won ten games and they went ten and six and still found a way to not make the playoffs because they couldn't beat Rex Ryan, uh, in a snowy Buffalo final game of the season. Every other year has been dreadful, again, and I, I'm not, not and I and I'm not saying not dreadful just from like oh they started off good and they, I mean dreadful since almost like the start of every season. So this attitude that, like, oh well now you have Aaron Rodgers, like you're Super Bowl bust. I'm like, Jet fans won a Super Bowl, they're 34, and of course we've had none since Joe Mon- Joe Namath. But this idea that Jet fans won't accept anything other than the Super Bowl is like insane to me, given what we've watched. Mm. I, I don't I don't buy that. I think anybody saying that is just pushing I think any Jet fan saying that is pushing a narrative that does not reflect everybody. I think the national media is saying that are out of touch. Well, I mean, so what do you think of the media? Because I've, I've, I have I watch mm-hmm. ESPN. Well,
1: I watch particularly NFL Live, which I do enjoy watching occasionally. Yeah, great show. A, love love that show. Yeah, like, I love the people that go on there. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk of them being legit, like legit, legit Super Bowl contenders. Do
0: you agree with that statement? I think they – I agree with it, but like with like a, a mini caveat. I think that we – I think too often – we kind of limit the, the cap for, like, how many teams are Super Bowl contenders. Like, the way I view football, like, I watched the New York Giants be, like, the last team to, like, enter the postseason and win Super Bowls. I've seen the Ravens, right. you know, be, like, one of the last teams to into the, the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. Um, I've seen the Steelers do it. Like, I've seen too many teams, like, going as wild cards or going as the the last team in terms of clinching a division in terms of the top four seeds. Go on and win Super Bowls. Go on and win multiple—I uh, mean, you know, the, the Niners, uh, last time they went to the Super Bowl, winning multiple road games, beating your, uh, your Packers in one of those games. Like, I've seen mm-hmm. too many of those to think, oh, like, if you're not a top two or three team in the AFC, then you're not a Super Bowl contender. I'm kind of in the Bill Parcells model of, like, you got to just get in the tournament— Yes, there are certain teams we know that just aren't Super Bowl contenders. Like, nobody thought the Jaguars were Super Bowl contenders, even though they were in the playoffs. Right. So I think there, a, there is, like, some cap in terms of the teams that are in. But to me, like, if you're, like, a top five... I saw the Jets go, you know, they didn't go to Super Bowl, but they were, you know, one game away both times. And they were in close games that they could have won to get there. So I've seen too many teams make runs. So to me, like, if you're in, like, the top five of your conference maybe even top six, depending on your record, I think that you're a Super Bowl contender. So the Jets are absolutely contender, super, super Bowl contender in my eyes. Now, if we're talking about, okay, well, where they rank in the AFC, that's where it gets a little more murky for me. Like, I think that the Chiefs are the best team. Um, I don't, until someone proves me otherwise, I'm not going to say anybody in the AFC is better than the Chiefs. The Bengals... They still have T. Higgins. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, we'll see what happens on draft day. Maybe we'll talk while about, it, about all that stuff soon. But assuming he's still, they don't trade him. I know they lost Jesse Bates. I love Jesse Bates. That was a big loss. But Bengals, I would still put them a notch above the Jets. But I'm not saying that they're way better. But they're a notch above the Jets because their skill players are still absurd. Um, after that, I feel like it gets very murky. I think they're kind of, I, I don't put the Bills in that same class as those two teams for the Bills haven't, they haven't even beaten those two teams when they played them in the playoffs, so I, I'm yeah. not going to put them there. And the now that they got Bills
1: lost it just last year.
0: Yeah, and I don't think the Bills so far. Now draft day is important, and draft well draft weekend is important. But so I don't think the Bills have gotten any better. They they like they look like they had problems to me last season. They haven't done anything. Now maybe you know uh, James Cook improves, and like that is just what they need. Just another year growth from him at the running back position, but. They look like the same team, arguably worse than last year. So I'm not going to say the Bills are better just off rip. Um, I'm not going to say anybody from the NFC South is better than the Jets at all. That's that's, a, that's laughable. Um, the West, like I said, I, I think you're looking at the, the Chiefs. I, I think the Jets and Chargers are com- are comparable. Like I, I think that Jets have a better defense. They probably have a better quarterback. Definitely have a quarterback I'd probably rely on a little more in a big game, not that, that both guys are lit the world on fire of late, but I trust Rogers and his veteran guile more than the young Herbert here. Um the Charge may have more skill, better skill players, but I, I think that's like almost like I don't say a wash, but I, I think they're kind of close. So I I think the Jets are in the mix for that third or fourth or fifth team in the AFC. I feel like at worst, they're like the fifth best team in the AFC if they're there then you're absolutely a Super Bowl contender. Like, this idea that, oh, if you're not a top two two or three team in that Super Bowl contender is ludicrous. Especially because you never know in the NFL, like, one injury to another team bumps you up two spots or bumps you up one spot. Like, you just never know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think the Jets are absolutely a Super Bowl contender. But where they lie in the AFC, I think they're probably no higher than three. But that's all you need. Because at the end of the day, playoffs is a one-game elimination tournament. So all you got to do is play these teams once in the playoffs. And you outplay them that day, then... That's all that matters. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I do, I do think the Jets are in the mix. Uh, like I said, I, of course, I watched a ton of Aaron Rodgers, and he is the caliber of player that will boost just the. <laughs> it will just boost the quality of your team, and just I think just seeing how the Jets were able to play even last season with the the bad quarterback play that they've had or just the lackluster quarterback play that they've had um, speaks volumes you
0: know so we're gonna see how that goes real quickly before we get to the nfl draft i do want to ask you about how you felt the packers did in this trade from far as compensation Mm -hmm. and your excitement for the jordan love era because to me like I thought, the Packers got way more than I thought they were going to get. Like I got to give it up to Gudikus Gutek- and and, and yep. Murphy and and the crew over there at Green Bay. I have been banging the tables saying the Jets had all the leverage. It don't look like it from this trade. You know? <laughs> like I mean, maybe they did, and, and you know, but like if you're just looking from just a pure, just looking at the compensation they got, I never would have expected they would have got. Let alone um, like one. You know, a swapping in one second. I never would have thought they could have got another second that could be a first in this trade. That to me is like wild. Like that. That's a really good job, especially when you consider like the the Packers the trade with the Jets for Brett Favre. I think they, I think the Packers got, got like a fourth. They got like nothing for Brett
1: Favre. Yeah, we yeah we didn't get much from that.
0: Yeah, it, it was like they got nothing. So I was based off that. I'm like based off that they ain't getting jacked. They like they get a second. Like they should be thankful. The fact is, <laughs> they got this year second and they they going to get. At worst, next year's second. I'm like, and they'll like to get a first next year. That seems like a great job. So how do you feel about the compensation and also your excitement for moving forward with Jordan Love? I'm very satisfied
1: with the compensation. Um, definitely not feeling bad about that at all. I saw the trade. You know, I, Like I said, I turned on the TV. I got your text, EJ. You text everybody. I'm like, all right, I got to see what we got. And I'm like, all right, I can live with that. Like that was literally I was like, no, no, that's that's decent with the pieces that we have currently. um, Like I said, a lot of young talent um, on both sides of the ball. And good draft capital. Good. We have a second round this year. Um, We exchanged the first, which, you know, we'll see what we do with with the first. That was you guys. You guys were ahead of us. So we'll see what we do with that pick. And we got next year's first, which I'm considering it a first because Rogers is going to play. You know, barring some kind of crazy scenario, um, he's going to play the required yeah. amount. So we got another first next year. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good deal. Yeah. That's a good deal. We'll absolutely take that. Definitely a good investment in the in the team's future. And um, as for Jordan Love, I'm excited for the Love era. And it's funny, EJ. I watched him play. I watched like almost all the games that he played. Yeah. And look, I don't know. I can't speak for you know other other Packers fans, the Packer Nation as a, as a whole. But for the most part, we're supportive of, of Jordan Love from what I've seen. But um, but just the media, the media outrage at how how allegedly bad he was playing and I'm watching him play and I'm like I'm like this isn't that bad. Like I was literally watching him play I was yeah. like oh he made some plays. Yes, he do some boneheaded things. Yes, but he's a young player. And he, this is like this is like his first time he's been in the NFL for how long and he like hasn't played in like a real game, you know. So it's like yeah, he he made a couple bad plays, but he also made he also made quite a few good plays, like very good plays. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I think Jordan Love has a lot of potential. I didn't like. I didn't see Love play. I didn't see like. I didn't see like what Malik Willis did last year, right. where it's just like yeah. a complete and total collapse. I did not see that, and I feel like people on, on on the media and everybody was just acting like that's what they saw, and I think people were just looking at him compared to Rodgers. I think that's what people were doing, and it's like you can't. It's like why why
0: would you expect that? Come on, yeah, you can't compare like a second year guy who was raw coming out of college and say this. Yeah, you know, exactly. What Rogers doesn't say, yeah. Yes, who you knew
1: you'd have to develop. So, no, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. I'm looking forward to seeing what Love's got. I think he'll be successful. That's just my, you know, gut is that I think he'll be successful. And by that, I mean, you know, I think we definitely have the ability to be a playoff team. Um, I think. I I definitely think so. Um, So I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, I felt like, you know, the games that, like, people were kind of harping on in terms of saying, oh, Love can't play, seemed to be the random Kansas City game where Rodgers couldn't play. I want to say it might have been COVID. I don't know. I think it was COVID the reason why he couldn't play. And um, I don't think it was an injury. He only sat one week. And he was 19 for 34. They lost you know, thirteen to seven. The offense was kind of anemic, but his numbers weren't even that terrible. Nineteen for thirty four, hundred and ninety yards, a touchdown and a pick. Like that's not I've seen worse. Trust me, I watched Zach Wilson play. So <laughs> for your first start in the NFL, I'm like, that's not that bad. And you're playing against the defending AFC champions arrowhead stadium you know remember Sham? they put his parents right. up in like the end up in like the the 800,000th row yeah, 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 at yeah, the top of our i thought they were going to fall out of the stadium but he's probably yep. worried about how his family's going to do like uh, i i i thought he did okay and then the other game was the detroit game that season to end that year where he played a lot of minutes he threw uh yep. didn't play last snap he threw two picks in that game so that was probably the worst game he had played in yep. people yep. wrote him off from those games but I don't know. I feel like every other time I watched him play, he played week one against the Packers, even against the Vikings when uh, Aaron Rodgers got you know benched for the end of the game because they were getting yep. blown out. Yeah, he played really good. He was five, four for five, sixty-five yards, made some plays. And then the, the 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 real standout was that game in Philly that he came in and lit it up. You know, six for nine, one hundred thirteen yards, threw a touchdown, showed mobility, showed accuracy. Yep. That was a game. Where I thought so to me, I'm like, that kid look like he can ball. That that kid like he needs to be out there. So I, I, I think you have a reason to be optimistic. Like, I think with quarterbacks, it's very hit or miss. Like, I I, I don't know what is going to happen to Jordan Levera, but I don't think that you're falling into something where it's like, oh, it's just like, you know, we're, we're kind of wishing on a wish that this guy would be good. Like, I think he's shown enough to me to think that with, you know, a full training camp, a full off season, um, mm-hmm. now they have a plethora of draft picks this year and next year that they can help now build around him something they didn't do for Aaron Rodgers, which I'm sure will, will, will Aaron Rodgers will probably be incensed when he sees the Packers draft the receiver in the first round.
1: Yep. But, and like,
0: yeah. And
1: another th- comparison I'd make is, I, I don't think he did just from the eye test for me. He didn't look any worse. I think he looked better, personally. But He didn't look any worse than Kenny Pickett last year. And yeah, I think that's fair. Steelers fans love Pickett. Yeah. They are so excited for him, and, and I'm just like, you know, I was like, Jordan Love looks good to me. He yeah. looks good to me. He definitely looks like an, someone that could definitely be an NFL quarterback. He doesn't look like someone that's stumbling, that's someone that's that can't develop. He looks like someone that give him a little bit of time and he'll process all this. So
0: yeah. I'm I'm chilling. I'm, yeah, I think I'm the picket point. I think the picket point is fair. I, I agree. I don't think you could say he looked worse than Pickett. And yeah. In some instances, he looked way better than Pickett. So. Um, I think that the Packers are an interesting team now. Um, I know people will say, How is that the case? I'm like, Well, we got a new quarterback who's got a cannon for an arm, is really athletic, and maybe will open things differently for the Packers' offense that they're not used to doing um, with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Rodgers is a better quarterback right now, but, you know, he's younger, and, and you know, the Packers have a future to look forward to. It. And then for the Jets, uh, they become arguably the most intriguing team in the NFL. So plenty of storylines follow with those two teams. But,. Uh, I want to talk about this NFL draft, Sham, because it's this week. And we still don't quite have a definitive answer for who the number one pick will be uh, in in the draft on Thursday. Uh, Alabama QB Bryce Young is the odds-on favorite. But I don't know if you saw, Sham, this random Reddit rumor that (laughs) led to Kentucky's Mm -hmm. Will Levis, uh, you know, now potentially being at player number one. There was this Reddit that came out where someone said that Levis has been telling all his family and friends that he's going to go number one on Thursday. And that led like the Vegas line to go from fifty to one to like five to one Will Levis. They <laughs> they were still giving Bryce Young the be making him they're still leading him as the favor, but fifty to five fifty one fifty to one to five to one is like insane. That's a ridiculous move. Especially for something like the NFL draft, where you're talking about the number one pick in the draft. It makes you kind of wonder if he knows something if if maybe Vegas knows something that we don't know. Um, C.J. Stroud, quarterback for Ohio State, he's expected to hear his name called early as well. Florida signal caller Anthony Richardson remains perhaps the most intriguing prospect in the draft. We expect to hear his name called on the first night. Other notable uh, players to look at outside the QBs, On Thursday, Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson, Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson, Georgia Tech, Georgia Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, Texas running back B. John Robinson, Ohio State wideout Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just name a few of the many options that could go in this first round. I'll start with this, Sham. Are you convinced that Young goes number one? Do you think there's any chance there is some surprise or some team that trades up that wants somebody different? Like... Do you think it's young or, or or do you think that something else crazy might happen um I'm pretty sure it's young um, I
1: mean that's just based on uh, based on a lot of things um, based on just Bryce Young's performance uh, on the field uh, based on his his um, his professionalism and intelligence and his Just how he carries himself off the field, uh, just based on everything that you hear about him, Um, you know, and the things you don't hear about him in particular when it comes to him not getting in trouble, (laughs) Um, which, you know, we've we've seen that before, obviously. So he's so he, I think he's going to go number one. I think he's kind of a shoe in. I think he's he is when you look at standout guys um, in this draft class um, at the most important position of quarterback. He is a standout guy, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be him. He, he's going to go number one, um, but I, I will, but I will add to that that I don't think is going to be this quarterbacks one two three four type thing that people keep seem to be mocking that Will Levis and AR are going to are going to get be picked in the top five. I think Stroud might be picked in the top five, but but um. I don't know if Levis and Ar are going to be picked in the top five. I think that's I think that's unlikely. But
0: wow, but that's so, just that's so just you, my speculation. Interesting, interesting. So you think that Stroud, Young, definitely top five. Will and Anthony Richardson like skeptical that they're both they go in to top five? Yeah, I'm skeptical. Um, mm. uh, why are you skeptical uh, on each guy? Um.
1: So for me, well, I'll, I'll add just a just a, a quick asterisk. Okay. Um, the uh, the Colts owner is kind of crazy. What's was name? Urse, right?
0: Jim <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know what he's
1: gonna do. He could pick Levis. He <laughs> uh, he he might pick one of them. But right. outside of them, I think just the eye test, um, and just and I watch a lot of AR. Because um, 'cause you're a big Florida fan. For, you're the you're the right you the right guy to have on
0: this show today. Yes.
1: Um he and I love AR. I, you know I I yeah, was I know you do. Yep. I was borderline begging for them to put him in <laughs> a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah. Like, please bench Emory Jones. Like they wouldn't put him in, wouldn't put him in. It's the craziest thing. But um but last year he did not play like a top five pick. I'm just just calling it like it is. Mm-hmm. He didn't play like a top-five pick. That wasn't top-five performance. We had the skill to be in the college football playoff if he had performed at the level that he has the potential to perform. And he didn't do that. And it would be just crazy to me to draft someone in the top five um, when they clearly underperformed with talent is is different it's not just oh he didn't make the playoff it's he didn't make the playoff when he should have he had the talent the talent was on the team it wasn't that we didn't have talent well it was also that our defense was bad but that's but in terms of offense yeah we and we could have still competed in a lot of those games in which we did not compete in terms of Florida Gators and it was because of him it was because of him It was largely because of him, you know, um, and it's that's just the nature of the game. The quarterback is the most important position for a reason, you know, and games where he was throwing the ball in dirt or he was just making really just really poor decisions um, in the biggest moments. Mm -hmm. So I think that's he's not going to get picked in the top five if these guys have scouts that are paying attention, in my opinion. And I'm not a scout, but I, I watched a lot of his games, and yeah. he didn't play to that level. And for Levis, um, it's – I mean, it's similar. For him, it's, it's it's very similar, but just I didn't watch as much of him. But from what I saw, it's a lot of kind of similar stuff, though. I don't think Kentucky had quite as much talent as, as, as Florida did. But he's another one where I was, watched some of the games and some of the – like in terms of the list of reasons why they would lose some of those games, it was his play. <laughs>
0: at yeah, time. he was too too often. He was one of the reasons why they lost. Yeah, so that's another
1: one where I'm just like, you know, again, if you have scouts that are paying attention, that are watching the tape, that are watching the whole tape, not just the not just the highlights, the lowlights.
0: Yeah, but that that like actually, that, that, tennis, that Tennessee game he played was the biggest game of the season and three picks. Yeah.
1: And again, they should have completed i by
0: blown out by Tennessee Hendon Hooker. I'll play by Hooker like, yeah, that was not a, not a good. Yeah. yeah so, I I
1: don't think Levis or AR are going to be picked in the top 5. I just don't.
0: Wow. So, very interesting. I think the way See, this is we're going to learn a lot on Thursday. Uh, though, not necessarily the most insightful maybe commentary, but we're going to learn a lot. Because mm-hmm. the one thing we learn about the NFL is if teams do not think that you're a value at a certain place, they won't take you there. Like they just they just won't. Like a quarterback a team needing a quarterback, they're not gonna just take a guy for the sake of just taking a guy if they don't actually like these guys. That's why I like the, the even the Texans are interesting because the Texans, while they've there's a lot of talk about quarterback because obvious, you know, Davis Mills not their future guy, clearly. So there's talk about the Texans, but they're in on these edge rushers. Like, they're not necessarily a QB or bust team here, it sounds like. Now, we get a lot of small screens, so who knows what the hell is actually going to happen. But that's at least what it sounds like. The Cardinals definitely aren't taking a the quarterback. They're locked into t- Kyler Murray. And then you got Indianapolis and Seattle. Indy's tried everything other than drafting another high-end quarterback since they lost Andrew Luck. So, you would think that. I would be shocked if one, they didn't take a quarterback. If they like, if they didn't take one of those guys, assuming Stroud and um, Stroud and Young are off the board. But I, I don't know if Seattle's a lock to take a quarterback. Like they're a really good team. Like do do you? I, I was gonna use the term waste a pick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say if do you waste a pick on a quarterback that you're not gonna play next season for a team that made the playoffs and has a really good young defense and has a really good offense, like good receivers, good running back. Like, do you waste a a pick on a first, a a number, a top five pick on a quarterback saying, well, in two years from now, this would be great. Especially your Pete Carroll, he's in like his mid-70s. Like, I could see a case for Anthony Richardson there, but it just feels like that could be a waste of resources given. I think they're a lot closer, especially because the NFC is so weak. I think they're a lot closer to compete for Super Bowl, and maybe other people think. I don't know if they're just saying, oh, we're draft a quarterback and not play him in two years. Like I especially a guy that they're not hundred percent sure about. <laughs> like, that would that would be a, a big question mark for me. So the question then becomes do any of these other teams that are outside the top five, do they have the cojones, the stones, to say we will trade up and give you a King's ransom for Richardson and for Levis, which seems even more risky than those other teams drafting them in the top five <laughs> not only are you, are you drafting those guys it's essentially what you saw with uh with the guy trey lance who's in san francisco where the, the niners somehow they've kind of absorbed what looks like a terrible move they made which was to give up a king's ransom to move up to three to get trey lance a guy that now they sound like they're out on even though the guy that they want to play him over has a doesn't have an elbow like it's it's crazy that they that they seem so done with Trey Lance, but that seems to be what things the way things are right now in San Francisco. How much they like Brock Purdy? Like, could another team make a Trey Lance kind of trade to say, okay, uh Arizona, Houston, um Seattle, you don't want to take your quarterback? Well, we'll go up there and take Levis or take Richardson. You know, do the Falcons do that? Um, I don't. Does Tennessee do that? They took a quarterback last year, but it didn't seem like they were that high on Malik Willis. Um, do the Bucks do that? Do Washington, does Washington do that? Even though they have new ownership, which I think complicates things because that deal is not finalized. It, it, again, I think this is going to be very interesting because I'm not sure that teams were willing to pay that price to get up to make sure they get a quarterback when they can just get other good players in this draft. But then the flip side of this, is I also think that this is kind of low-key, a weak draft. So if you don't get your quarterback, you say, well, I'm just going to take one of these other sure. non-quarterback players. Or what if you end up with a bus? Like, what if been, what have been a guy can't play? I think that's way more likely in this first round than it's been in recent years. And that would scare the hell out of me, that I didn't take Anthony Richardson and he turns into, you know, Josh Allen 2.0. And I took, I'm not going to name a name because I don't want to put a, a bus label on somebody that may not be a bus, but I took some guy, you know, a, a tight end or I took a linebacker or I took a, a offensive lineman. Ended up being a bust, and it's like you didn't you didn't make the move to trade for a quarterback when you needed a quarterback. That's going to make it a very interesting draft. That's why I'm really excited for Thursday.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I don't foresee anyone trading up, particularly up to the top five to get, especially to get Levis or Ar. I I really don't see that. Maybe Stroud or someone really likes Stroud. Yeah, I could probably see that. Um, but it will be interesting to see. Honestly, and I'm just looking at the list of, of these picks right now. Um, and I could circle a few that that stand out in particular to me. Um, there's Detroit at six. Yep. Because um, they, to me, just, again, just the eye test, they look like they're on a rocket ship to the moon. They overachieved. Inc- yeah, like they look like they got a good football team. Yeah. Last year. I was expecting nothing from them last year. Without, especially without Jamison Williams playing. And they did exceptionally well, largely without him playing. Um, they overachieved, uh, uh, in my eyes. So them at six is kind of, they're going to get something that's going to help them quite a bit. And uh, Chicago at nine, I mean, they got added DJ Moore, of course traded back um, with their top pick. And we'll see who they add to their team, and then of course Philly at ten. Philly got a top ten pick, and it's yeah. like, I mean, that's just like, I mean, they can do anything, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I was hearing things about them talking to
0: Bijan. Well, the uh, Bijan Philly thing has been. I mean, I know you're you're in Pennsylvania. I still yes. follow a lot of stuff in Philadelphia. Yep. That has basically dominated the conversation at WIP. Shout out to my former. Yes. Yeah, Shout out to I mean, WIP. Like the Bijan mania for Philadelphia because you know they, they, <laughs> right. they lost uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah, lost so, Miles Sanders right. right. Um, they signed uh, uh, Rashad. Well, they they signed Penny right from uh, the uh, Seahawks. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So they 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 did replace him. They replaced him. Rashad Penny, a guy who is really effective but rarely healthy. So right. There's probably gonna be a need for a running back. Not that Penny can't do the job, it's just I don't think he can do it for seventeen games. And B. John Robinson is to me he's like Saquon. He's like another Saquon. It's like it's Saquon Barkley yes. again in the draft. <laughs> that's that's how I see B. John Robinson. So, you know, it's the same conversation. Is it worth taking a you know, a running back that high, top ten in the draft, given um what the life's the lifespan of running backs I think the Eagles are actually in a better position to make that leap than the Giants were. Like the Giants had no infrastructure and were like, well, we're going to draft this running back and like figure the rest of it out later. And it just, it, it just was, even though Saquon's a star, it just was dumb because now, I mean, they're in a position where he has a franchise tag and maybe the best years they've seen from Saquon, they weren't ready to compete. Like whether they're now or whether they'll be in the next few years, like, Saquon's been up and down with injuries and stuff. It, it, they might have wasted the best chance they had to actually like maximize Saquon's value on his rookie deal because they were a scrub team. The Eagles aren't a scrub team. The Eagles, I think, are, in my opinion, the favorites to win a Super Bowl next year right now. So they come in, they, keep, uh, B. John, they get Bijan John Robinson, and they add him to what they have. That feels like a totally different equation than the Saquon thing
1: yeah I completely agree with that i mean i um, the Eagles were were practically the perfect team last year, and Miles Sanders was a big part of that so filling that running back hole is what everybody's gonna be looking at um so that's so that's definitely something that I'm paying attention to. I also see the Texans have two picks as well. they got the two and the twelve yeah, so that is gonna be pretty interesting um do you think the Texans it, have the to 12, get a quarterback? The
0: twelve they got, the twelve they got from Cleveland for uh, in the Deshaun Watson debacle from a Cleveland standpoint. Right. What was that? What right. was the question about? What's the question about? Uh, uh, do you think the Texans need to get a quarterback? Yes, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it'd be crazy if they went into next season saying we're just going to run <laughs> Dave Mills back out Right. Like I, I like right. I, I like it's not that he's like just this awful guy that like shouldn't be. Yeah, he's develop. actually not too bad. Yeah, he's uh, like he's he's fine. He's he's serviceable. Quarterback. He's fine. It's just, I think we've seen enough to see at like best if you're he ain't trying, no if you're at best win. he ain't no difference maker. Like right. at best he's like Daniel Jones. Like his ceiling means what Daniel Jones did last season. Not that they're like the exact same player. I, I would agree. But that. like, yeah. could he be a guy that's like a pseudo kind of game manager that can win a lot of games if like everything else around him is like pretty good? Like maybe. Yeah, like it's but am I? Are, is, that, is that the Texans? Like hell no. Texas aren't close. <laughs> like, like coaching. Well, we'll see what we'll see what uh I got D'Amico Ryan says. But D'Amico Ryan is a is a rookie coach. I don't know if he has a day ball effect from year one. Like and the rest of the team is is, is got some issues. Uh, I, I love the running game, and that's pretty much it from everything I've seen from, from Texas that last season. So they they had they had a lot of problems. Um I think they have to I they have to swing on somebody. I, I just I almost wouldn't mind. if They said, you know what? We're not gonna take a quarterback at two, but we'll take a shot on Hendon hooker. Like I'm like, I just to think that they're gonna go in and say we're gonna just give the job to Mills and we're gonna just, we're gonna you know and like at two and twelve they can get two good players and say okay we're now we're gonna build through this. I, also, like for your fan base, I'm I, I'm one of, I am to be I maybe I'm a little here because I'm one of those guys that says do not tell me about like what the fan base wants. Like I, I think that well, I do think the fan base expectations do matter, which I said earlier about the Jets. I don't think what they want matters in regards to, like players or things. I think that that is the stupidest thing to say. Oh, we got to do this because <laughs> that's what the fans. I think that is the most idiotic way to run an organization. Right. But what I but however, with that being said, given how incompetent the Texans have been, and how impossible they have been to root for, given how bad they've been, I think to come into the season saying we did not take any quarterback and we're going to go with davis mills for our third season and see if maybe with a slightly better team we can do a little better i think that'd be a slap in the face i think that'd be a slap in the face of those fans that are slowly being you know um disinterested in this organization so i didn't think i'd take a chance on somebody i i i I don't know how you feel about hooker sham like i i feel like i know the knee injury you never want to have a situation where you're, you're talking about a guy with knee injury but like I still think that he's like a really good option, um, and, and and if you yeah. are really scared about Richardson, because I think the problem with the Texans is whoever you draft's got to play right away, or at least play relatively soon. Be like, ready to play right away, <laughs> right? You know, and the problem is like if they don't think that CJ Str- like I think CJ Stroud maybe is he's, he's closest out of those guys. That's not Bryce Strong. Now mm-hmm. he has the same agent as Deshaun Watson, so if And there's a word that maybe that's a problem and that that they may not take him because of this. If that's a problem, like, I don't think that Levis and Richardson are ready to play next season. So I I think Hooker, if he comes back healthy from his knee and he can recover and he's ready to go for week one, I think he's more ready to play in the NFL next season than Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. So is there a scenario where they take Will Anderson, too, and they come in with Henry Hooker next year and say, hey, he's our starting quarterback as long as he makes it to training camp? healthy that i think isn't a terrible scenario he's also like good enough like they can't have a guy that like i can't put him in like i can't put him in if like well like if um if like davis mills is like just throwing up on himself like 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 anthony richardson cannot play next season that's how i feel like I, that's how i feel I um i love richardson i think that he has all the tools like i would not be that afraid of taking him in the top three if you ask me I just know that if I'm taking him down three, I know I'm not playing him next year. That's, that's how I would view it. Mm. I think teams overrate, like, the whole quarterback clock. I know the contract is yeah, an throw issue. Throw him in the fire. Yeah, but I, trust me, I live through Zach, Mills, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Do not throw a guy out there that's not ready. So I have no problem taking a guy two, three, or even one, even if I don't think he can play next year. But with the Texans in their situation, they say, okay, we're going to get one of the top edge guys in this draft, and then we're going to get Hendon Hooker. And okay, maybe he's not ready week one, you know, uh, not because of readiness, but because of just like injury. But I say okay, week four, we're one in three, and Davis Mills has three touchdowns and five picks. I can roll him out there and say okay, now he's ready to go, and like there's your guy, and then you move forward. I think that that's not like the worst thing in the world. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, Hendon Hooker is, I I would agree with you. I think he's the most ready to play now. Um. Outside of Young and probably Stroud, Um, though, I mean, Stroud is is very much kind of a kind of a wild card a little bit. I don't really know how he'll do. Mm -hmm. I think he is ready to play. Um, But, yeah, I think Hooker is a safe pick if you want someone to to play now. And and I know this is going to sound weird when drafting a quarterback, but he might not even you might not even necessarily have those star expectations for Hooker. But I think he can be a good quarterback, you know. And and even if he's, um, even if he does, he doesn't win you a Super Bowl. Like he can help you. Like if you if you build a roster around him, you can have a good, respectable team. <laughs> you know, like so, you know. And I think he's the most ready to play. So, so yeah, I, I would agree with you there that that getting Hooker is um. That that I think I think Hooker would would probably fit well in Houston.
0: When it comes to now we, talk, we both seem like Hooker, but when it comes to other maybe first round sleepers, who who is a guy or maybe you have multiple guys. Who are some other guys that you you look at and say, hey, like this game guy, guy might not go. Maybe he'll go higher than we think, or or maybe say maybe he won't go as high as he should. But this is a guy that could end up being you know a Pro Bowler in his career.
1: Um. So I, I'm not sure, I and I don't know, I haven't um, put on NFL Network in a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know who's a sleeper and who's not, to be fair. But um, I think someone like Darnell Washington, tight end, mm-hmm. I don't know where he's going to go. But yeah,
0: see, uh, yeah. I think Jer- Jeremiah has him, I think, number 25 in his big board.
1: Yeah, he's, he's something.
0: I just watched him in the combine. He's
1: a, he's, he's a Marvel athlete. And kid. just watched him just throughout the year. Yeah. Man, he is he is uh he is something else. So he's a sleeper, in my opinion for sure. Um Jameer Gibbs. This is That's a guy I like. Yeah. He's a sleeper. That kid's a that kid's a stud, man. Yeah, he's a baller. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna ball out wherever he goes. Yeah. I don't know where slumber. he's gonna go, but He's gonna ball out wherever he yeah, goes. Yeah, I, I think agree. he has. I think he has the highest ceiling of all the running backs in Mike. Wow, kind of even play. more than Bijan. Yeah, I would say so. I think. I wow. think he's. A, I think he's a playmaker. He's gonna be a playmaker wherever he goes.
0: I love his versatility.
1: Just, yeah, he's so versatile. Yeah, and his the vision is just. It's. I think he. He is. Uh, I think he's a star in the making. Um, and um, Jalen Hyatt as well from Tennessee. Yeah, uh, he has just that that go speed that um I I think similar to um um, well, um uh, Jameson James James Williams um well yes um but I don't know why I was thinking about um on the Bengals um oh uh, uh Chase yeah Chase similar yeah. to Chase in his first year when he was just burning guys yeah I can High doing something similar um. And I feel like Jackson Smith I feel like people are starting to just just dismiss Jackson Smith and Jigler.
0: Um, yeah, I mean like I mean he basically had a bye year last year. Yeah. I think mean, that's why. Um but I mean
1: if he comes out and he and he like if he comes out and he's spectacular, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think if I think if you're willing to just I think if he slips I think if he goes past um I would say 20 and you and receiver is in your list of needs at all, you should get him. That's that's just that's just me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are starting to be like, oh, Jackson Smith. Is, I don't know. I mean, he was yeah, he, he was hurt. And he didn't play and blah blah. I mean, it's like, and I and I understand that, but I mean, this guy can play. You know, so it's like football's football. Can he play? Yeah. Like have him? Have you seen him run? Has he run recently? Did he look good? <laughs> yeah,
0: then I draft him. <laughs> you
1: know? So that's so that's so those would be my sleepers, man.
0: Man, I think one guy I love that you didn't mention, and I know you like him too because you watched him a bunch. Joey Porter Jr. I think is going to be a stud. Oh yeah, yeah. He's um, and I look at these quarterback rankings, and rarely do I see him at number one, and. Christian Gonzalez is really good too. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna poo-poo him, but Joey Porter, some guys just have that it factor and that dog. <laughs> That's what Joey Porter has. He's super yeah. competitive. Um, he's one of those guys that like teams don't even wanna throw to him after a certain point. Like early in that season, it was crazy. That first Purdue game, like Purdue was like, We're gonna throw at him. Like we're gonna throw at him, we're gonna see what he's got. And yep. then like he they basically didn't complete a pass on him. <laughs> And that's a really good offense, by the way, Purdue. And then no one else tried. They were like, "Up, oh, no, we've seen enough." And really good teams in the Big Ten, like, oh, "No, yeah, we're not even gonna go there anymore." Like, but yet he still found a way to get a nose around the ball. He still found a way to make impact tackles. Like, I, I this is a scary comparison, and I'm not saying he's gonna be as good as this guy. So I want to make that very clear. But his athletic profile, his physical, everything about him. He reminds me of what I saw from Darrell Revis at Pitt. I'm not saying he's Darrell Revis in the NFL. But I'm saying all the things I liked about Darrell Revis when the Jets drafted him, I feel like I see a lot of those similarities in uh, Joey Porter's game. A man-to-man corner. A guy who's got great size, great length, great speed. Um, physical at the point of attack. Um, I, I i don't know. Like, he didn't get a lot of interceptions. But that's like, like, that was Revis. It was the same thing. Like, well, he's not, he did not take the ball away enough. I'm like... They can't throw on him. Like I, don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. You're <laughs> not taking the ball away. Like, like I, I, I think that uh, Porter is a stud, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes. I think whoever gets him is getting a stud. I agree on your pick on, uh, on Jumeir Gibbs. Uh, he's a, he's a playmaker. Um, he, he's really good. Um, I think B.J. Ujolari is also a, a, a sleeper as well. Mm. Um, he's a he, he, maybe a little undersized. So maybe that's why he's not getting uh, maybe as much you know, love. But uh, the NFL is all about edge rushers. They're all about, um, you know, can you get after the quarterback? And for a LSU defense that kind of needed a makeover, I felt like every time I watched LSU, he was a, a big difference maker. So, you know, whether he goes late first, early second, um, I think that would be a, a potentially huge steal for anybody that gets him.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with that as well. Um, Now, another. So another guy that and again, I I don't he's probably not a sleeper, uh, but Nolan Smith is another guy. Yeah, that he's another one where, you know, he's I feel like he's going to he's going to light up whatever team he's on as well.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. I mean. Are there any guys that you look at and you say, "Uh, maybe a little overrated? I don't know if I'd take this guy that high. Overrated? Like, um. Like you don't know if you'd take them as high as they're going to go. Like, to me, right, right? the guy that I keep circling every time I... There are a couple guys that scare me a little bit. Um. Paris Johnson scares me a little bit. Okay. I feel like I, I've seen... I've seen him struggle too often in those Michigan games against real pass right. rushers, and like I'm like it, this. That's what he's gonna see in the NFL. Yeah, um, right. I I love his athleticism and and his nastiness, but he uh, he plays a little high. Um, so I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sold uh, of him yet. Jordan Addison is so weird because the guy is super productive, mm-hmm. but I do think like. At, your athletic statistics, like, that matters as a wide receiver. Like, it's not nothing. Now, you can overcome it. Like, Jerry Rice had, like, a terrible combine. Like, he ran, like, a 4-6, something crazy. So, like, it, I'm not going to say, oh, it's, it's everything. But Addison already didn't seem like the greatest athlete. And then he went to the combine, and he seemed like a bad athlete almost. <laughs> like, like that that's the guy. Look, the guy gets open. He, he finds it, and he catches the ball. Um, and he's very polished. There's just something I just wonder if, like, what he did in college and that athleticism that was good enough in college, will it be good enough in the NFL? It just scares me a little bit because I think that, like, on paper, in terms of what he brought to the table at SC and Pitt, there's no reason to think that he shouldn't be a 1,000-yard receiver in the NFL. But it's just the athletic numbers. And I, with other positions, I'm willing to, like, not care much about that. Like, like I have a notoriously don't really care much about, like, 40 times with, for, like, edge rushers. Like, I've seen, I saw, like, and nobody wanted to draft Terrell Suggs. And I thought it was crazy. The guy had, like, he had, like, 100 sacks in his senior year at Arizona State. He broke the sack record in college football. And he, like, fell. He free fell in the first round. And it was because, well, he ran a 4-7. I'm like, he had, like, 30 sacks. <laughs> what are you talking about? So yeah. th- there's some position where I'm like, I, I just need to know that guy can get to the quarterback. And I'm fine with it. Um, Like, I don't care, like, where your offensive lineman really runs as a 40. Like, there's certain positions that I just don't care that much about. Right. Receiver and corner are two positions where they don't make you. Like, you. Could, I don't care if you're a 4-3 guy. If you can't catch, you can't catch, or you can't get off press coverage. You can't go off press, press coverage. But there is something to, like, hey, if like, he's just not going to be that athletically gifted. Like, I think it caps how great he can be. And it doesn't mean he can't be a good number two or number three. But if I'm drafting him in the first round, he needs to be a 1,200-yard receiver. And mm-hmm. is he that? Like, I don't know. Like, there are other guys who have better athletic stats. Like, Zay Flowers is faster. Um, uh, uh, Quentin Johnson is bigger than everybody, but much bigger, you know. So, I really – I'm rooting for Ashley because he seems just like he's he, – yeah, was one of the best college football players, especially wide receiver we've seen in a long time. Um, but like that, that, I do have questions about him in terms of how high he may go. I think Addison's going to be, I think Addison is going to be good. Um, okay.
1: I think, I think he's, yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to have any, I don't think he's going to have any trouble. Um, but, but I do think, I do see your point in that, you know, athleticism of course does make a difference. Um, but I think just whatever that it is at wide receiver, that that just knowing how to run those routes and knowing how to how to slip past the corner, he's got that, and he, and he doesn't drop the ball, you know. So, I, I think he's he's just got the fundamentals of playing the position so down that that he's he's not gonna not produce. Like he's he's, he's mis- so polished. It's just but, yeah. but I think
0: but like, I think about those receivers that went last year, mm-hmm. Wilson um the kid in atlanta uh london like london uh olave like those were incredible athletes (laughs) like those are the guys that are going in the first round in that like you know eight to twelve thirteen range and i don't think he's as good an athlete as any of those guys now he's more polished in some aspects than definitely london and i could argue Maybe even Wilson in some things, but those guys can make up for it with their freakish athleticism. And I'm just wondering, playing in the NFL with those athletes at corner, does he have some problems? It, it would be interesting to see that. One other guy I'll say as a sleeper that I forgot to mention: Zach Charbonnet in from UCLA. Oh yeah, he's um, that guy. Also, baller. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy is tough. He's tough to tackle. Yeah. He can break tackles. He's got great vision. Yeah, great vision. Um,
1: great speed. He's fast. Yeah. yeah
0: really good on pass protection and really good as a catcher. Like, I, I, he was one of my favorite players watching college football. Cause I always, I, I watched UCLA for, um, Thompson Robinson and yeah. Chabronet every time was like just an absolute stud. And then watching him leading up to this draft. I'm like, this guy, maybe not day one, but he's gotta be day two pick. And I think wherever he goes, he could start in day one. So, um, He's another guy. I mean, this is a really good running back draft. This is a really good running back and a really good wide receiver draft, which I think in some ways is why, like, like just how, like, you think that, like, Bijan, why well, you like him. But, like, I kind of feel like Bijan and, um, and Addison have a little bit of, like, a disadvantage from that standpoint because it is, like, it's so deep at both of those positions that right. those guys maybe come in as arguably the best. I think, you know, with Jackson Smith and Jigba probably being in there with, with Jordan Addison. Like, those guys come in with, like, the reputation as the best. But teams will find a reason to say that, hey, I can just wait for Jameer Gibbs or Quentin Johnson or (laughs) Zay Flowers or Charbonnet or Josh Downs, who's a very productive receiver. Um, A guy we didn't mention that I think is maybe the most fascinating – one of the most fascinating prospects in this draft, I think, is Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. Because Mm -hmm. Cedric Tillman, prior to this past season – was like It seemed like a lock first-round pick. Yeah. And then he came into this year, and he was like hurt the entire season. Yep. And Tennessee won kind of in spite of like him really not providing much, and his numbers are very pedestrian. That guy's like 6'4", 210, 215. And he's great in one-on-one situations. He's great in jump ball situations. He's very athletic. The guy has been productive when healthy. He almost feels like the uh, pickings of this year's draft to me. Like somebody Mm. is gonna take him in the second round and people will be like, Well, he didn't do much It's like, Yeah, but like this guy was like he was him before (laughs) before last season and if he would have not have gotten hurt, like maybe Tennessee wins the national maybe they win the national championship. But um though Henry Hooker got hurt so that didn't matter. But you know what I'm saying, like like had like had he come in fully healthy with a full season to go and fully engaged, like tennessee's offense already was scary would it be even more scary i think that someone's going to get him they're going to get a steal in the second or third round
1: uh yeah yeah i mean i agree with that i mean cedric tillman he's another prospect um you know I, i do agree i think someone's gonna get him as a steal as well um in terms of people i think maybe Slightly overrated, very slightly. Again, because all these guys are amazing athletes, of course. Um, in terms of the tight ends, I think I just everyone just says Michael Mayer is the best tight end. Everybody loves class. Mayer, I know. Yeah, and I don't like. I, I certainly don't think it's as unilateral as everyone seems to seems mm-hmm. to think. Everyone just jumps at Michael Mayer, and I mean, I watched a lot of Utah, and yeah. Cade looked, in my opinion, just as good, if not better. Mm. Yeah. His hands, or he doesn't drop anything. Yeah. His route running is like a receiver. He knows how to get open. You know, he's got the size, and of course Darnell Washington. I mean, I don't to say anything about him. Yeah, he's a monster. So I mean it's it's a great tight end class as well. You know, you got a lot of tight ends to pick from. But um but yeah, I think I think the mayor hype is just a little like I don't think he's different I don't think he's separating himself the way that people are making it out to be.
0: Yeah, I, I'd agree. Agree with you and I think you like you you couched it well like I'm not I agree I don't know if he's overrated right I just I agree I think that there are I think I put Washington behind the two Kincaid and Meyer just because he's Mm -hmm. a little more raw I think he may have a bigger ceiling than both of those guys but Mm -hmm. I agree I think like Washington's right there and I think Kincaid is just as good if not better I agree but this is a great tight end draft like I I think if you're looking for a quarterback like you kind of might be screwed because you're gonna have to take a real flyer or at least Two guys and arguably three. Um, I think if you need a running back or a receiver or a tight end, this is like the draft for you. Like I think <laughs> you can get a really productive player. I think if you need um an offensive tackle, this is the draft for you. Maybe not at the top top, but you know, middle of the first round, uh, there are plenty of guys there. So and the corner also, this is the draft for you. So there are certain positions that I think are strong, running back as well. Um, certain other positions were a little more risky. So it should be fun, man. I can't wait for Thursday. I know you can't wait for Thursday. Um, but uh, that's going to do it with this edition of New Generation Sports Talk. Thanks to Shamari, course, for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, you can get all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcasts. You also find us individually on social media. You can find Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat MC Sham22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram action EJ. Also check out my podcast, Orange and Blue Bloods, on wherever you podcast, Nick's Podcast with Tommy Beer and myself. That'll be it for now. Thank you guys for checking us out. Peace.